My name is Melissa. My name is Katie. My name is Ashley Brooke. My name is Emma Christensen. And I am a survivor of sex trafficking in America. Hello, and welcome to season one of our podcast, Selling Girls in America. This show is dedicated to shedding light on the crime of sex trafficking in America. We want to give a voice to survivors of this crime as well as discuss prevention methods to stop more people from becoming victims. I'm your host, Randy, a writer and podcaster, and I just learned about human trafficking in the United States. I wanted to put this podcast together with Guardian Group to learn more about these crimes and get answers to questions, questions that I think most Americans would have. Joining me shortly is Jeff Teagues, a military veteran with over 25 years of service in the Army and Chief Operations Officer of Guardian Group, a nonprofit organization that fights human trafficking within the United States. The following episode contains distressing content regarding sex trafficking. This may be triggering for those with lived experience or their families. Please proceed with caution. So, Jeff, welcome to our podcast, not my podcast, our podcast. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, Before I start, I just want to say Jeff's a a really old friend of mine uh, back from from the Rangers, and uh, we met like, I don't even know anymore, 28 years ago or something, 20, back in 1990, I think, 1989, 1989. And, uh, and uh, we, we knew each other for two months, and then we never saw each other again, but I called, I remember calling him once, same way he's up to, and he, went to, he got out and went to college. And then I totally lost touch with him. I didn't know anything, that was before Facebook, before email. And then I, uh, I was getting out of the Army, and uh, I, uh, I, I, was, I wanted to do something. I wanted to do something with a, non, a nonprofit, the, with a charity of some sort. And I've uh, traveled around. I've, I've seen the, the kind of uh, bad trafficking around the world in, in different countries. And I, I really, it really affected me. And I want to do something about it. In fact, I wrote an essay about it for my, when I was getting my uh, master's. And uh, four months after I got out, not, still not having a job, not doing anything, I heard a podcast. Jeff was on it. He's talking about his, uh, the nonprofit he worked for, Guardian Group. And I said, Jeff, I know that guy. And I said, I got to get a hold of him. And I went on his website and I got on Facebook and looked like for him like I should have did 25 years ago probably or whenever Facebook existed. And I said, hey, I, anything I could do to help? And uh, he said I, he didn't think he could use me because I was useless. And I said, uh, well, I can do a podcast. And he said, hey, that sounds like a good idea. So Jeff, hey, like I said, welcome to our podcast. I'm really glad to be here. I'm glad to be a part of this. And uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Well, Randy, I can't thank you enough. And, and one of the things that I, I love about the military is how you described it. We, we lived together and we trained together for a couple months. And we, in that time frame, what the, what the Army does is you build these bonds that, that last forever. So yeah, it's it's remarkable that our paths have have crossed again. It's it's strange that we haven't uh, worked operationally either through these wars in Afghanistan and Iraq because we were both special forces for for years and years and years, and we just never crossed paths. So uh, divine intervention for us to be here together. And and you know what's what's fascinating too when when you think about it, you talk about 1989. We're coming up on the 30 year anniversary mm-hmm. of Operation Just Cause, which you and I both participated in. 
Yep. I was, of course, in the first battalion, the best battalion. And but I was in the third uh, battalion, which is the most improved battalion, the, the oh, new, yeah. the new best one. Yeah. Who wants the most improved award? You know what I mean? The blue <laughs> ribbon's the blue ribbon. <laughs> but what, what's what's interesting, and and you know, as you were doing this intro, I hadn't thought about it. That that was the place where I first ever even heard about sex trafficking or or this commercial abuse of children. I, I didn't see it personally. Do you remember hearing the reports of these guys that went into these different um, locations that Noriega and his henchmen had, and they and they found children. They, they found children locked up. They they found these these sex slaves. You know, that, that's the first time I ever heard of it. I, I, I know I, when I, this is the, so not to bring it up, I do remember that, but I thought, I didn't know it was an international phenomenon, I guess. I, I just thought Noriega was a, you know, a douchebag and, you know, a child rapist and everything. And I, I, I just thought, you know, I, I've been watching too many movies back then, Con Air and whatnot. And there's just bad guys and bad guys are like 100% bad, 110% bad. And they do everything you can think of that's bad. And so that's what I just thought. Noriega was just a really bad guy, which I think that's true as well. But I, I didn't realize it was just this, this international phenomenon. Well, me, me neither. And that's what I mean. That's the first time I heard of it. And I dismissed it exactly how you just laid that out. These are sick, sick, violent, criminal, narco-trafficker individuals. I, I dismissed it. That is, this is not a problem that permeates the world, let alone the United States. And then a time kind of crawled on, and every war environment that we've been in, people, people understand it now with ISIS and you know, taking sex slaves, and, and we saw sex trafficking, kidnapping of children, and selling them into sex slavery to fund radicalism in, in Iraq and Afghanistan and around the globe. But again, I dismissed that all as the worst of the worst, kind of scraping the barrel to to fuel and flame either their sicknesses, their evil or their evil ideologies. And then when I began to understand that this problem is actually a commercial enterprise right here in the United States, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that, I, that I'd been dismissing it, like you said, uh, bad guys are bad guys. Good guys are good guys. But no, there's plenty of, of, I'm using air quotes here, good men in America that are purchasing sex. And what they don't recognize and realize is the exploitation and the cycle of abuse that these girls get to before they make this date. Incredible. So, and, and I got to add that, you know, up until I started talking to you, it's still, I heard, till I heard you on that podcast, which uh, I'll put that in the notes, the name of the podcast I, I saw you and I should give them some credit for bringing us together. Uh, uh, I think it's military mentors, but I'll have to look it up and I'll put a link in our show notes. But, uh, the, I, I thought I, I knew, I guess I knew there was a problem in the United States. I, I, I guess I always knew there was prostitutes in the United States. Um, cause you see it on every freaking crime show ever. And so obviously that always, you know, imitates life in some, some way. Um, uh, but, uh, I, I never, I always thought, uh, and then you always see pimps too, I mean, like Dr. Detroit, uh, Dan Aykroyd, maybe I'm dating myself with that, but, uh, so you, but you see the pimps too. Uh, and Huggy Bear from Starsky and Hutch. Now you're really <laughs> dating yourself. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I didn't realize that there is so much, uh, there's so many people getting, I guess, tricked into it or that were American children, uh, you know, teenagers, young adults. I, 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 I just assumed they were being trafficked from outside the United States. And, and so one of the things I've 
I've learned from talking with you and then doing after we decided to do this podcast, doing my own little research is there's just, I, I don't know what the statistics is, but I think most of the people in the United States that are being used in this, in this industry are, are American and they came from America, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's, that's one of the goals we have of, of this podcast is to, is to explain to people what this crime looks like right here in, in, in the United States. We've, we've, we have these visuals and you talk about the movie industry and that type of impact. There's this, there's this pretty woman idea where, you know, uh, these women are doing this independently and it's, it's their choice and they're working through this. And then they're just waiting for Richard Gere to show up and, and sweep them off their feet and have all their dreams come true. You know, that is that is a very, 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 very small percentage of of the population when it comes to prostitution. It's zero percent of the population when it comes to trafficking. And then there's the the uh, Liam Neeson idea of taken where we've propagated this idea that people are out there to steal your children from Walmart or break into your home and kidnap them and take them to Eastern Europe or to the Middle East or the Far East and sell them into these giant sex slavery rings. Those things exist as well. But we're talking single digit percentile. And as we have time to kind of talk through these nuances, people people will understand this crime better because it it's very very common sense. And and the first thing they have to do is look at this as a business. And what you and I are going to discuss over the course of this podcast is is the commercial sexual exploitation of children. The the acronym is CSEC or it's also known as the underground sex economy. So it, there there is an economy here. There is this the sale of women and children and girls and boys at the commercial level. So what you and I are not talking about are pedophilia rings. We're not talking about massage parlors that got popular. Uh, you know, people got hit the hit the popular consciousness with craft. We're not talking about these. You know, people like Epstein, this highest level. We're talking about the mass consumption and of largely girls for sale for sex and how that has permeated our society in an underground economy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I when I when I came up with this idea with you for this podcast, I didn't realize there was other podcasts about human trafficking because I did a search and for some reason it came up and I didn't see anything. But later on, I did a search and I came up with a couple and there's some that have been going on for years. But uh, I think I think we're hitting it from a different angle. Uh, we're definitely uh, uh, going to uh, use your knowledge working with Guardian Group uh, about how to address. I'm not, just because I'm military, I'm going to call it phases, you know, because I think there's a there's a recruiting phase and a grooming phase, and then there's like an execution phase, and then for the the survivors, there's a extraction phase and then a recovery phase. So I I I I I, I give these I give these names because that's what I would do if it was a military operation. I'm sure there's some other civilian nomenclature that you can educate me on, but uh, but I I think we're going to hit each of those phases. Um, and in and, and detail and and address how how they're being how how it's being uh, executed by the 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 uh, John, the pimps the 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 people that are running these shows um, how do people can protect themselves and their loved ones and then what people can do if they suspect you know they know someone that's in that's that's in that position or that if they get up, if they can listen to this podcast, they actually hear about us and they, what we, we, what advice we can give to them. So that's where we're trying to hit this kind of at the, the bottom, bottom rung of the ladder there. You're, you're spot on Randy. And, and I, you know, for better or for worse, you and I are soldiers. Again, we met when we were teenagers, literally. 
Uh, and we see the world through that lens. We see the world as a battlefield. We see the world through our training. Um, so th again, when you talk about phases, we, we talk about it as a cycle and the, and the cycle of exploitation that we've identified with Guardian Group. And it's, it's not it's not trademarked. We didn't you know, this isn't something special to us. We've learned this over time and observation and talking to victims and survivors and traffickers, et cetera, and law enforcement. The, the first phase of it is the assessment and recruiting. And that and one of the reasons this crime has exploded across the globe and specifically the United States is because you can now assess and recruit online. You know, back when you and I were children, it, there had to be a face to face recruitment. There still is face to face, but you can scale it dramatically. And then this grooming phase as well. If you if you identified who you thought could be a victim that you could persuade and fool and trap into this crime, you used to have to spend a lot of one on one time. Now, again, this grooming cycle happens largely online. There's an exchange of gifts. There's these there's this connection that's made. And then the, the, the next phase we call it is the breaking phase. And that's where almost always it includes physical violence, but it, it definitely always includes psychological and emotional violence. And that is now that phase where you're going from what the victim thinks this is, and it becomes to become much more clear. And, and they're, they're now broken into the crime. And the last two phases on this circular cycle is, is called maintenance and automatic. And the, the goal of any pimp trafficker, and that's one thing I want to get out front, is just consider pimps and traffickers synonymous. There are, there are some legal differences that we'll talk about, but, but the, the way that they do business and the rules that they follow and the, the techniques that they use are the same. So what the pimp trafficker is trying to do is get that girl where she is on a maintenance and automatic phase where he doesn't have to get involved. And that's largely, Randy, where we see these women. We see them at the maintenance and automatic phases. That's that's the, where they're more open. Um, they're in the public. You know, they're uh, they're much more brazen with what what it is they do. And our responsibility as a as a community in America is to raise that awareness and push that exploitation cycle further and further to the start. And uh, it, this is the good example of us taking our military training and expertise because. What, how we identified this cycle is the same way we look at radicalization. How do you create a suicide bomber? How do you how do you convince a young man to leave North America, so to speak, and move to the Middle East and fight the evil Americans, the evil West? How do you convince them to do that? And they do the exact same thing. They assess and recruit that young man's vulnerabilities. They groom him. They 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 offer him things, usually in the afterlife, but things that this young man needs and wants in his life. And then that breaking phase, <clears throat> excuse me, is where they introduce him into this violence. Now, there isn't much more of a maintenance and automatic phase because a lot of these guys, they, they create suicide bombers, you know, or they create fighters where you do see them on the battlefield. But that's one of the things that we haven't done well in combating radicalism in our, in our wars all over the United States, specifically Iraq and Afghanistan. We're only attacking the problem at these young men when we see them on the battlefield. We're doing a very poor job of countering that ideology, countering that narrative, and intervening and interdicting early. And that's the growth market for Guardian Group. We're at the same place now. We're, we're trying to help law enforcement chip away at this crime, put more and more predators away so that these girls, these victims, have an option to a path of freedom. They, they really can't choose a new life when that oppressor is walks free. So that's our end state largely with guarding group is to assist law enforcement from the offensive side, put these guys away, 
and then these other elements, these other nonprofits that restore these girls and give them uh, opportunities for new a new life can really take root. So I think another thing uh, that sets uh, Guardian Group apart is your recruitment of ex-military to be your uh, to be your cyber detectives, for lack of a better word. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. And, you know, lucky no, nobody can see us because we're some broken ass old men, aren't we, Randy? I mean, <laughs> we, we used to be we were young studs back in the day. You know, you we were could, the we fastest could, guy. You're probably could. still pretty fast, but you were the fastest. I, I, I mean, I was fit. I, I got honor grad, but you got the PT award, the physical <laughs> fitness award in that in that course we were in because no one f- could freaking catch you. It was crazy. I think you got a scholarship to college doing it too after you after you deserted us and went to the dark side of the officers. Yeah, and, and those days are long gone, right? I mean, now 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 we our, our bodies are shot, and we we've, we've got to use the other things, the the wisdom, the education, and and that's part of it. And you and you and I talked about this. We do a great job of recruiting men and women into special operations, and we train them, and we pour a ton of money into them, and we 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 develop skills that they already had, and we we de- develop and infuse new skills into them, and they are absolutely fantastic. I mean, we. We are million dollar men. I, th- I think I think uh, the number I had heard, I think it, 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 they say it costs about four million dollars to create a, a special operations operator. About four million bucks our communities have invested in you and I. And like I said, if they looked at us now, they'd be like, whoa, that was a waste. On that. that was a waste of money. But, but it isn't. We're not, we're not talking about how you how your face looks there, Jeff. Just... <laughs> but that's but that's my point. Is 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 I take that seriously. You and I have been entrusted from from the United States of America to 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 give us skills and teach us how to lead others and teach us how to break problems into phases and break apart those phases into smaller parts and and, and attack them and succeed one by one. And and that's what we're trying to do with Guardian Group. And 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 we love this community. It's the way you started off. I love these men and women that that I've I've known for for decades. These men and women that we've shared uh, foxholes with on the battlefield. We've seen we've seen our mates get hurt. I want to take their skills and repurpose them against a new problem. And and why it's here in America? Again, you and I know we've traveled around the globe fighting evil everywhere we could find it. But but what you and I always took for granted was that America was stable and it was strong and our and our walls were high and our ideals and morals were high. And now as we've retired, we've begun to realize our our walls have deteriorated, our morals and have have deteriorated. There are things that have seeped in, and I have to believe selling children in America is against who we are. I have to believe that. You know, and you and I traveling around the globe trying to fix problems in the Middle East and the Far East and Africa and all these other places. I'm done with that. That was my that was my young self. My old self is looking at this country that I love, despite our warts, despite our differences and trying to build a community that can get behind better protecting our children. And it starts with them just recognizing, as you and I have been saying, that this crime exists and then helping them figure out ways that they can join us in the fight. That's well said, Jeff. I think that's it. No, that's that man. I couldn't. I I know I couldn't have said it better myself. I'm supposed to be a writer and an editor, but uh, either that's that. Either you uh, you really believe it, or you practice it a lot, or both. See, you're a writer editor. I'm a talker. I'm a blabber. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm a talker. But you know, it, it it's funny. We can joke about it, but the, but but dude, this is like, this is my passion. And we, w- w- what's the motto of special forces? They press leave. 
Yep. To free Especially the oppressed. Bad. Yep. To, to, to free the oppressed. And, Which and was I almost the name of this podcast. It was. But we were, yeah, but the, but we were voted out the women, by. The women voted us out. Women voted probably, us out. How could they probably do that? Right, rightly so. Because they're, smart, <laughs> because they're smarter than us and more in tune than us. We're a bunch of pro-Magnon men that have been career soldiers. But, but you know, you, you and I talked about this. I, I didn't realize that those those words, like they're in my blood, man. You know, like, like, yes. And, and as I look back through my life, as, as long as I could remember, um, I felt like I've, I've, I've owned a responsibility to stand up for the underdog, you know, to stand up against those bullies. Yeah. I, I think the worst thing you could call me is a bully. I'm, I'm sure I've inadvertently bullied people in the past because I'm a, I'm a jokester, you know what I mean? And I, you know, I make fun of your nose. I make fun of your glasses. You know, I make fun of the way you talk, you know, it, it, just because I'm a, I'm an idiot. I'm sure I've, I, it, it's been those issues, but I can't stand the bully. I can't, I, I can't stand them. I can't stand people that take advantage of others. And, and this crime, I can't think of a more diabolical evil crime than taking advantage of children and, and moving them into a life of sexual servitude with strangers. So yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 just a passion that I hope more people get uh, get ignited with. Uh, so uh, so hey, tune in to the rest of our episodes. Uh, we got a lot of good information for you, and some a, a few more than a few sad stories, um, but uh, and some with happy endings, some with not. Um, but uh, please subscribe uh, and also comment on us so other people can learn about us. And, uh, and then, uh, and also if you have any questions about, about trafficking in the United States that we're not answering fast enough, please send them to us so that we might get, might get to your questions in a, in a future episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please take the time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. If you need help with a potential trafficking situation, please contact your local law enforcement agency or call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 888-373-7888 or text HELP to 233-733. Resources mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at www.guardiangroup.org podcast. If you'd like to donate to the fight against human trafficking, please go to www.guardiangroup.org slash donate. If you have a question you would like answered on a future episode, please send it to contact at guardiangroup.org.